going into my basketball. Every time I rock, man, this is how we rap around. Peace to my man. Now we got the camera out. Every time I spit it, cross over the all right, hello everyone. This is Josh, also known as Yashu, and you're tuning into episode 56 of the TLI Talks podcast. You know, you can get this uh, podcast on all platforms YouTube, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, you know, much more and all that. And need I say more? You know, I think I always like see the drill like every other time and all that, but we'll definitely get it started uh, right here and all that, you know. So we actually have like a legendary person in the building and all that, you know, entrepreneur, owns his own brand called Be Familiar Company, which is yeah. also like a record label. Uh, they also focus more on the hemp industry and all that. He's been uh, making music for a while, you know, man does like a lot of like shows like in the management side and all that, has put in like a lot of work uh, from what I've heard. And, you know, we have uh, Tao Picasso in the building. How are you doing today, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, just conversating from you, from you early on today, it's like very like interesting how you know you actually um, managed one show like a while back mm. with like an artist that I actually had in the pod a while back, uh, Tara Lord and all that, and mm. you know just like watching all your other content, you know, it's like very like interesting and all that too. And like we don't really have like a lot of like entrepreneurs uh, like that actually come by like on the pod like that. So having you on here, it's gonna be interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is my first stop. My first stop, because I'm about to start promoting uh, my new project called Redemption. All right. And it's basically, I took two, two and a half, three years off. Oh, true. I had to get my mental right. I had to get my body back, you know. And um, I was cooking up the whole time, so I got a lot of stuff I'm about to start knocking it down with. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to be consistent now. No, 100% too, man. And... You know, when I was, like, doing my research uh, for a bit, you know, you actually grew up in uh, Rexdale, so... Yes, sir. What was, like, the environment like for you growing up as a kid at the time? Would you say, like, it was, like, kind of blessed, or was it like, very different? I was always good. You know what? You know, in life, you got ups and downs, so it it was... Growing up in Rexdale was different, right? But where I'm from, Queens Plate, QP City, shout out to the hut. Um, I was always spoiled around there. You know what I mean? They call you. They call me the king out there. So mm-hmm. I'm always chilling. I'm always good. But I always been through some certain situations where, you know, things didn't go in my favor. Yeah, man. But it is what it is. It's part of life, right? Yeah, man. And I mean, like a person within like your age range and all that. You know, like like thirties. Like I, I don't know, like forties and all that. You know, you kind of grew up around the time when like hip hop was like very pivotal, pivotal and like Toronto and all that too. You know, you've had. The Jellystones, the Maestros, yeah. and then I mean Rockstar, like it had like Illy, Payback, and then Infinite, like, of, Infinite, and then like a lot of like the younger cats uh, too, and all that, like with uh, Pyrex and like Milo first and all that, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, with Rockstar, like, tell me more about like that legacy, like uh, at that time, and it being like a big place for uh, music and all that. Like, was it as big as was like people said and all that, or? Well, Rockstar is what everyone thinks it is. It's a, it's a grimy place, but if you're from there, it could be home. Not I have true. a lot of good times in in the hood, you know what I mean. But um, you know, we have a lot of talent from the hood too, like a lot of talent. And there's like even the people that we just mentioned, like from legends to to the newbies right now. Like I would say that Moolah's killing things right yeah. now, right? Pyrex is doing really well, right? Yeah. Right. So Infinite, he's a legend, right? They just did something for Infinite, um, for the OGs. Right, the, the the history thing. I think so. Yeah, I mean, right. I remember they um were doing some content stuff for, but I mean, I remember I think uh direct no not director. It's like forty. Mm. He had like this like one video with like Pyrex and all that, yeah. and they were like encapsulating the whole like Rexel scene with Pyrex and with Finna Starts Music. Like this is like when he was like with like Def Jam and all that. Yeah. Um, Pillaby, who I also had like on the platform, you know, Pillar's was also, Yeah, he was like also in the video too, and. You know, it's pretty interesting to, like, see and all that, too. And, like, I've met, like, a lot of, like, young cats from, like, uh, Rexdale that are, like, doing well in music and all that. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. So, so we have a lot of talent coming from there, and we're very dominant, right? And the only thing I would, the only thing I said we're lacking is it's, like, you know, we, we have our politics. There's a lot of politics in this game right now. So it's, like, if the artists could just stay away from the politics or just focus on their careers right now and, and focus on their brands, it would be, it would be in an amazing spot. But shout out to 40 for shedding light on Rexdale. Rexdale's fire. Ah, true. 100%, man. And, you know, what were you like uh, growing up uh, at that time, you know? I was a wild boy. I was always wild. If anybody knows me, they know the old tale is crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I calmed down a little bit. Calm down. I'm more, more about the business game. But, you know, 
growing up in Rexdale, it's like, remember, I was the oldest child. So when something happens outside of my household, I can't go home to run to nobody. So I had to be that guy. I had yeah. to be the lion in the, the land of lion tigers, tigers and bears and yeah, all that. Exactly. And Rexdale even stands for um, Valley King of Valleys. That's the original yeah. meaning of Rexdale. Yeah. So you have to be a beast out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember like Rexdale was like the second most well-known like area within mm. Toronto after like Regent Park and all that, and you know it shed like on like a lot of people like who grew up in the community with Jamestown with mm. Mount Olive. Like I remember I was like watching like this like one video from like CTV. They had like a whole like documentary where not even a documentary, it's like a movie series where they talked about Jamestown and all that. Oh, the Doomstown movie. Yeah, that was trash. That had nothing to do with Jamestown, with the with the real Doomstown, you know what I mean? Not so true. when they did that, I was like, okay, this is stupid. I watched it, but this is done. That came out like 2006, right? Yeah, like CTV. I think they did something on that, and they've had like some Canadian actors on that. and It was horrible. Oh. Throw garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because I know, like I know the OGs. Like, you know what I mean? I know the Young Bulls. I know everything. So it was like when I watched that, I'm like, do you, just, you guys just water down James sound like a mother, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't really feeling that. Ah, true. Yeah. 100%, man. And, you know, what was, like, your first introduction to, like, music, entrepreneurship, and, like, even with the whole, like, weed industry and all that? Well, I didn't really tap into the weed industry full throttle yet. I just know when when it got legalized, I wanted to do something with it, right? And um, I looked, like, with music, when I was a kid, like, my dad knew how to rap and sing and break dance and all that. And growing up with my pops, because I was a bad kid growing up, so my mom sent me to America to go live with my dad. So my dad was always put me on, like, I used to listen to Puffy and, you know what I mean, Ready to Die. My dad put me on the Fat Boys, Ice-T. He put me on the old school joints, you know what I mean? Love, bu- Love Bug Star Ski, like, everything. Yeah. Like, the Cold Crush, like, you know what I mean? Like, he put me on those type of records. But Crisscross is the reason why I wanted to rap. I seen those little kids... Rapping and yeah. they would say some fly stuff and they were looking fly, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, I want, I want to, I want to do that." Yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. I think um, too bad to be true. Like they were like a young Canadian duo. Mm. I felt like they were like the like B list like version of Crisscross and all that. Yeah, because I mean they had like a couple guys that were like singing and all that. Like um, the guy, the light skinned guy, like Casper's dad and all that. Like he was like singing and all that. And I think this other dude too. And like they've had like that whole like one track uh, mind song that. It's like popular like everywhere and all that. Like it had like a Juno and all that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could definitely uh, like understand that. You know, crisscross made me want to rap, and um, being an entrepreneur, that was just like it's hand in hand. I never wanted to get signed to a record label, unless it was a distribution. Oh, true. Right, and then growing up, I always from from early beat out familiar has always been, like um, always been a crew. There's some people in my team that don't even rap, don't even do music, don't even act, the regular nine to five people, but their damn will be that. Like, you know what I mean? They're familiar in this. Oh, true. So being an entrepreneur, I was always a boss. I was always a leader. Oh, true. And I always wanted more for myself. I never wanted to settle. Oh, true. Right? So that had to go, that was just hand in hand, doing music, being an entrepreneur. And as you said, with the, the cannabis thing, um, I think it was like I had a, yeah, I had a partner. Yeah with the Stay Fly movement. And um, he he's the one, the actual one that brought the idea to me. And then, you know, they legalized weed at this time. And um, I was like, yes, we started doing trays, rolling papers, we started doing all of that, all the paraphernalia stuff. But the moment we couldn't get into weed like that, because you need licensings, there's, there's more, there's a whole list of things that you gotta do in order to have your own strain, you know what I mean? So what we came up with, we came up with gummies. You know what I mean? We had a person that was making them, and we just put it on the logo. And we just I started selling those hard body. Oh, true, true. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. But you know, it's past tense. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. And um, how did you like like even with the whole like idea of like entrepreneurship? Like you said, you started like at the age of fourteen, like in a previous interview. So how did that like mindset like come about? Like within like those two areas, within uh, music and entrepreneurship. Well, my favorite artist. Always, and you know, at that time, it's like you looked at Puff. Puff had Bad Boy. You look at JJ had Rock. You look at any 
mean artists, they have a crew behind them. Yeah. And sometimes it's a crew, sometimes it's a record label, right? And I always looked at Be La Familiar as my crew. And, you know, as a registered company, there's so much things that you can learn that you can, sorry, that you can benefit off of it. So me being an artist, I'm not going to, well, I'm going to rap forever. I don't care. It's just a gift to me. But what if you don't want to only just do music? You can want to do film. You want to do fashion. You want to do this. You want to do that. You just put it under one umbrella. You know what I mean? So that's what entrepreneurship meant to me. It's like owning something that I can pass on to my children. No one could fire me. I work when I want to work. I do what I want. No one could tell me nothing. Yeah. I create in my own space. I don't have to ask nobody for handouts to do whatever I got to do. Yeah. I can do it by myself. And I just bring my team with me and I hire people to do a lot of things for me. You know what I mean? So that's basically being a boss is it should be everyone's goal. No matter what you do, like you have a podcast, you run your podcast, right? Yeah. You're the boss. You know what I mean? You have a partnership with whoever, yeah. but you still have ownership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're getting the house, you want to rent your house or do you want to own it? Yeah. When you get a car, you can't wait for your 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 payments to be paid off. Yeah. You want to own your shit. Yeah. So ownership is just mandatory. Yeah. Anything I do, I want to touch it and put my stamp on it. Yeah, and almost definitely too. Like especially like you know with me like running a media platform all that. Like I work with like other people to formulate like you know certain things and all that to make things work. Mm. If we work at a photo studio, we like tapping with the people who own the photo studio. Or who do like certain stuff and all that. Or if I have like if I ever have to have like a contract person like come for me, you know, we do that and then like we just own the content that we kind of make from there and all that. But we do give credit to like what's due and all that. And like that's important within establishing relationships, as you said too, with like businesses. It's yeah. like kind of vital to getting everything together and all that. Without that, you know, like the whole like setup is kind of unaligned and all that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. And, you know, I was, like, watching, like, some old videos uh, back then. You were doing the whole, like, fam TV vlogging, fam yeah. empire series. Uh, so tell me more about that. And, you know, especially at a time, like, when vlogging wasn't as crazy back then because this was, like, I think uh, late 2000s. Yeah. So I started, I didn't know what I was doing. I just know we had a camcorder and we were just recording. Everywhere we went, we recorded, whether we're in the studio, whether we're at a show, whether it was just regular life. Some of those blogs, we were just chilling in the crib drinking and smoking. You know what I mean? Me, my sisters and my brothers were just chilling. You know what I mean? So we just started, I just started like doing that. I wasn't really getting a buzz from it. And it was like tiring. You have to do it all the time. And I'm really like, like secluded. I don't like people to know everything about my life. Yeah. So that was fire. But um, some of my old videos, I look back at them, and I reminisce, and I laugh. Because I know I'm about to do 10 times better. But you have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I got a hang of it after just watching people doing vlogs. And I used to watch my sisters and my mom, they used to watch a lot of vlogs, like hair tutorials and all these type of things. So I'm like, I can put a twist on it and do it myself. And I'm going to swear in it. <laughs> and I'm going to yeah. drink. And I'm going to smoke. And, like, familiar... Like, be not familiar, we're some fly dudes. We do different things out the box. We don't drink what everybody else drinks. We don't smoke how everybody else smokes. We don't dress how everybody else dresses. We don't talk the way everybody else talks. So it's like doing the vlogs, and I should start doing it again. Yeah. Doing the vlogs made people, like, other than the music and other than this, they get to see a behind the scenes of how we live and how we're what we're doing and all that. Yeah. So I think I need to bring that back. Yeah, no, I understand too. Yeah. I think at that time when you were when you were doing it, I think YouTube had like you know like very like less restrictions uh, back then because you know people could like even like upload like porn uh, back then on YouTube and all that and <laughs> like crazy. all this other type of stuff too, like beheadings and that type of stuff. Now it's like when you try to upload, especially like if you're trying to like monetize and all that, yeah, like you have to worry about like if it's like you know copyrighted content or if it's like inappropriate and all that and. Mm. You know, sometimes, you know, YouTube doesn't play anymore and all that. It's, like, very safe as it is. So it's just, like, knowing what you can do and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your limitations. But I always, like, stepping on the line. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't go overboard, but, you know, stand on the line. Nah, 100% too, man. And who would you consider, like, your main inspirations in terms of, like, your journey within music and entrepreneurship? Um, Artist-wise? Just, like, just, like, all around in general. Like, overall? whether, like, in music or in entrepreneurship? Well... My motivation, what keeps me motivated is my mother, my kids, you know, my sisters, my bros, my nieces, nephews, you know what I mean? Because they're looking at me. They're like, okay, something got to give. 
right? So they motivate me. But like industry wise, it will always be Tupac, Dane Dash, and Fifty Cent. Like it's not even like like Fifty's not the most lyrical artist, but he's a powerhouse. He's like he's a he gets the job done, and he's a bad guy. Dame Dash, he gets the job done, and he's a bad guy. Pac, he was legendary, but a lot of people looked at him like the bad guy. Yeah. Right? So those three guys, I, you put them together, and it comes to me. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Those are my motivations right there. Yeah, and I mean, with Jay and 50 Cent and Dame Dash and all that, they've looked at, you know, other, like, influences, too, like, back then that kind of helped them with an entrepreneurship. I remembered, I think 50 co-signed, like, the 48, like, Laws of Power and all that mm-hmm. uh, by, like, Robert Greene and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, like, even, like, read it to this day and all that, and, like, other people, like... They'll read like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or mm. like they'll read anything from like Warren Buffett and all that too. So when you even like look at their influences too, like it expands back to further with Tupac. It's like he was like looking into '80s rappers like Rakim, Eric B, and all that, mm. and Cool J, and all that, and even just with the Black Panther Party too. So I think everyone has like unique like influences on their own that kind of like lead back to other people and all that. And I think it just keeps that cycle going and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, like. Even that, like, if we're going to go far back, we could talk about LL Cool J because LL Cool J was, a, a, to this day, he's a dominant artist, actor, um, entrepreneur. He's a boss with the Rock the Bells, right? Yeah. So, like, and growing up, my dad used to teach me about those type of guys. Yeah. But what I know, what I grew up seeing in the early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, were those three guys. Like, I, anything they did, I was on it. If Pac dropped a movie, Gridlock, um, Above the Rim, anything he did, I was on it, right? 50 Cent. 50 Cent is like, before I came here, I was watching Power. Uh-huh, true. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm caught up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, he had a crazy show in Toronto, too. Um, and uh, Dame Dash. Like, a lot of people cut Dame slack, but Dame's still rich. He still does what he wants to do. Oh, true. You know what I mean? And he doesn't set the bar here. You know, nowadays everyone wants to rap and then or everybody wants to have a podcast. Everybody wants to have a clothing line. Everybody wants to do this. And he takes it, he thinks about it, takes it, and brings it to the next level. And that's what I have in common with Dame. That's what Dame taught me. Yeah. Have a crew and sky's the limit. Yeah. Exactly. Do what you want to do and own it. Right? You yeah. put those guys together, I'm telling you. Put those three rappers together, those three dudes together, and that's me. Uh, 100% too, man. And, you know, even like the whole, like, you know, be familiar and company, like, coming into Rise and all that. And, you know, like, when it com- when it came about and all that, like, what was, like, that process, like, from starting to- until now in terms of creating this successful brand and all that? Um, I want to thank you for saying that we're successful. But we're about to turn up just now. Um, it was It was just an idea, you know. Some people wanted to be Crips and Bloods and be a part of other people's crews and all that. And I looked at my surroundings, my sisters, my bros, my kids, brother-in-law. I looked at everything like that. I'm like, I can make my own team. So I basically just told everybody, like, yo, we familiar. I mean, Sadie, Bonds, Lynx, Rel, you know what I mean? Down to my kids, they all familiar too. So it's like, and it's a way of life. It's a... It's more than just a a, a label. It's more, it's more of a movement, right? Because we're 20 years plus still repping Familion. You know what I mean? So that, like, Familion's life to me. You know what I mean? It's everything for me. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? And for everybody else, we're just a mother company. So I have companies under Familion. My bros are under Familion. My sisters, my kids are under Familion. So it's like... That's always going to be there, no matter what. Ah, true. No, 100% too, man. And, you know, with your first major project, so, like, let's say if it's, like, whether, like, clothing or anything else, too. Like, when you first started that major project, how did you approach it? And, like, what was, like, that process, like, starting from scratch until the project was, like, complete and all that? Uh, my first project was Blur Part 1. That was a double, uh, that's a double CD, double mixtape. Oh, true. And I had 25 songs on each side, which was crazy. But they're not like they. There was probably like ten original songs, and the rest of them were just like dubs and freestyles and all that other stuff. And I look at it now, and I'm like, I gave them a lot of content. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was doing a lot of shows at that time, so I will like say if the new, the newest record that will make the club erupt, I will get on that that joint. Like say a Millie came out, and I will go kill that beat. 
and then I'll put it on my mixtape. So I used to, my brother Lynx, he had a studio in his house, right? So we used to record there. And then when I want to do like an original record, I would go to my homie Cortez for Sound Studios, right? So I go to Cortez, and I've been working with Cortez for 25 years. Oh, true. So if it's not Cortez recording me, it's Lynx recording me. And um, at that time, I was what? It was 2005, 2004. And I dropped that. But that was before, like, you could put music on the internet. So I was selling them hand to hand. And trust me, I went diamond in these streets. Oh, true. You know what I mean? I was selling them at every college, I was in bus stops, uh, train stations, I was at the malls. I was everywhere. Caravan a weekend had a backpack full of them, two toonies and a loony. That was that was that was oh, the hustle. Sure. You know what I mean? And that went, came and went. But I, off of that project, I've learned don't give out so much content. Oh, true. Don't yeah. I, I've learned from every project that I did, right? And now it's a, this is project number eight now. So Redemption's project number eight. So I learned a lot. Oh, true. So I feel like I know how to kill this shit now. Yeah, like I know I know what you mean, and and like a lot of people like back then too, like in the late two thousands, mid two thousands, like they were like handing out the mixtapes like crazy and all that too. Mm. Like I remembered um, Paige who worked with this guy with uh, Drake and all that. Holy on, Paige, like, I haven't um, heard that name in a while. <laughs> like he did like the whole like I'm so like I'm so fly and all that. I remembered mm. he had like his photo of like his project and all that. On like I think one of the areas at like Young and Dundas and all that where I think the Seven Eleven used to be and all that and like it would like cover like that area from there. Mm. Like this is before like that whole like uh, Ryerson building guy next door was like mm. made and all that. So yeah, those are like some interesting guy times too. And like I remembered I was hearing like you know Tory Lanez was like also like handing out like CDs uh, mm. back then too and all that. I think I might have noticed him like way back then too. But yeah, like those are like some crazy times and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was a a great time, but that that's that was when like. Everyone sound different. Yeah. No one sound the same at that time. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, there was like a shitload of like clubs in Toronto and all that, like governments and yeah. all that. Cool house. Like, you know, you had the to. docks. Yeah. Everywhere. Phoenix, before it was stadium, it was Phoenix. Yeah. We were outside. Like, when I'm talking about where we were outside, it was like 20 millionaires in the spot, spending money, telling the DJ, play my music. That's how you had to do. We had Project Bounce at that time. Remember that? Oh, true. Project Bounce? With DJ so, yeah. Grouch, that's where Ritz started from and all that. Yeah. Shout out to Ritz. Shout out to Grouch and shout yeah. out to Law. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember going down and trying to get my records on there. Yeah. Bugging them. Like, I put my record, play my record, play my record. And and then Ritz was the first one to play my record. DJ Grouch played my records. Like, you know what I mean? That was a great time. That's when you really had to hustle. Now you could just stay in your phone. Yeah. And get connects from your phone. Yeah. Kind of separates like the new school artists from like the old school ones yeah. too. Because I remembered, I think um, there was like a whole lot of like spots uh, back then where people were just like out and about and all that. Like, I mean, I think Queen and Bathurst uh, at one time, like that uh, area beside the Pizza Pizza, like that used to be like a, an actual like nightclub and all that. Like mm. next door, like Harlem, like underground and all that was like just a couple steps away and all that. And like a whole lot of like other stuff too. Like Tattoo was just like on the other one too, like yeah. for like the mid 2000s. But yeah, like those were like some crazy times. It was like, a great time. Even like the Baby uh, Bash or Baby Blue like sound crew and all, and all that. Shout out to Baby Blue. And uh, kid, uh, was it Kit Kat? Yeah, yeah, and like I think I remember they had like this one like one project back then and like they added like Juvenile and like other stuff from like Universal like on those projects and all yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great time and that was like only a select a few was really signed at that time, right? Like you had Cardi, Shaclair, and, you know, and then even when Drake first came out, like the City Is Mine record, when I heard that, I was like, okay, cool. We we got we got another one, yeah. right? And, you know, growing up in that era showed you if you had music, if you had product, and you gave it to the masses, it shows what type of hustler you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, you have to sell it. You don't have to wait for streams. You can actually make a bag off of selling your records. Yeah. Right. Exactly, 100% too and you know even with the brand and all that like how do you even like balance your music career and running the company like all together and was it something that was a process to like focus on until that whole process was like complete it was I think that was one of my um, one of my weaknesses because I fund myself so when I'm doing a project instead like I have to basically be frugal because my kids like to get fly. I like to get fly. You know what I mean? I like doing fly things. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it costs money to eat what you want, to do what you want. It costs money to live, basically. Yeah. Especially when you're raising other children. 
So it's like I had to like step back and fall back. But like I said, when you're a boss, you can you have avenues, you have people that you know. So like I said, I recorded my brother's house. And when I had to when I'm ready to go make a, a original record uh, a hit record or a, put some money into a, a record, yeah. I'll go to Cortez. Yeah. Then after you do that, then you have to mix the master. Yeah. Then you gotta graphic designing, which my brother was doing my graphic designing. Then you gotta do a photo shoot. Cost money to do photo shoot. My brother was doing the photo shoots. So I made everything cost efficient. But sometimes that I mean you drop it, you don't see no no feedback coming back from it, you have to start again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Well, it was hard, it was hard. But it yeah. still is, but yeah. I gotta do it no yeah. matter what. Hundred percent too, and you know when you started like running like the cannabis infused like hemp brand and all that, you know what was uh that like idea like and all that like how was that process like at that time? Oh my god, brother gave me the he came by me with the idea, stay fly, and it was just supposed to be rolling papers, and then you know me and him sat down and I'm like yo, let's make it into a clothing line too, you know what I mean? And after making a clothing, let's do trays, let's do cups, let's do this, let's do that, let's do. Let's do so much other things with it. So, like, even the... That was one of the best products I had because I had my own energy drink before. I had a lot of things that I had, but the Rolling Papers was a was a big hit. And um, it's sad to say that being him, we weren't really seeing eye to eye, so I just went my separate ways and he went his separate ways. So it was it was good about it last year, you know? Uh, true, 100%, 100% too. And, I mean, like, even, like, just, like, running the brand too because, like, that was, like, out of time, like... You know, you can only sell, like, certain brands to, to, like, with hemp, you know, with, like, lighters and bongs and all that mm-hmm. and, like, you know, rolling papers. But, like, you can really, like, buy, like, weed like that and all that. But, like, even, like, within that process now, like, in terms of, like, running a brand that focuses more on ca- cannabis and hemp products in general, you know, what were, like, the pros and cons of it? And how do you even, like, manage to, like, navigate it during that time when weed became, like, legal in, like, 2018? Well, I, I'm a weed connoisseur myself. And I know a lot of weed smokers. And I basically used to boycott everything. that You, you smoke blunts, boycott it. Like, yo, don't come to my house smoking no raws or no zigzags. Started like that, like that. Then I started interacting with a lot of business owners that had dispensaries. So I started getting my stuff in dispensaries. I knew a lot of, of like, avenues where I can go and be like, okay, Set up shop here, set up shop here, set up shop here. So I made it, made it popping for like my whole squad. Like he, my god brother had the idea. He he put he got the idea. He put the product in my hand. I took the product and I ran with it. And I made everybody around me smoke stay fly. Everybody. Like I came, I did as you see, and I did the interview, ten interviews. Yeah. I had the clothing line. Yeah. Anytime I came out. We had slides. I was telling people, I'm like, we're the first person with our own shoe. I was making it bigger than what it actually was. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way you got to hustle it. Yeah. So that was, as I said, that was good while it lasted. But now was, we're going on to different other things now. And, um, yeah, we're going to go to bigger and better things right now. Yeah, no, 100% too. And, like, I was, like, looking at the post, like, earlier on uh, today and all that. You actually used to manage uh, YNG Blitz or Young Blitz and Young all that. Young Blitz. Yeah. That's my brother. Uh, true. Like, I know recently, I think um, he's just doing some time right now and all that. So. Yeah, free bless. He'll be home soon. Uh, home soon? Uh, true. He'll be home soon. Uh, true. But, like, he's doing uh, fine, like, in the, like, selling all that, right? Blitz is perfect no matter where he goes. Uh, true. He's a real one. And it's not nothing to brag about, but me and him are not, we're familiar with Joe. We've been there before. Uh, true. You know what I mean? So he's good. His head's up, he's in great spirits, and he's ready to come home and start terrorizing the city again. Uh, true. Uh-huh. 100% too, man. And, you know, just, like, getting back onto the whole, like, you know, like, weed stuff and all that, like, even with the dispensaries, because I remembered back then, like, you know, even before, like, the legalization, like, there were, like, pop-ups, but then, like, the police would do, like, blockades and all that. Yeah. I think they had, like, even, like, a news uh, thing where some officers, like, at Harvard were, like, just putting, like, blocks, like, inside the door, like, by, like, the door and all that. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, just kind of became, like, legal, and then it's, like, everywhere and all that. But, like, since then, how do you feel about, like, the influx of dispensaries for weed and shrooms, like, in general, like, in Canada? Has it really changed the view of how we view weed and shrooms in Canada, or in that sense? Well, you know, finally, weed is, weed is legal. Weed is harmless to me. 
You know what I mean? So I've I seen people smoke weed and get crazy, but the fact that it's on every corner, every street, every, you know what I mean? It's dope. It's convenient because I go to dispensaries myself. You know what I mean? And um, it's dope. And especially with like with the shrooms because they microdose it now. So it's yeah. like you, it's not like you're eating a bunch of caps and going crazy. It's microdose, and it helps you also with your like your moods and you know your mental illness somewhat. But I love it. I love it. I'm 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 glad that we finally legalized it. I could smoke weed anywhere I want. I could do whatever I want, and you know, I feel sorry for the weed man. <laughs> you know, the neighborhood weed man. I feel sorry yeah. for him. You got to come through with some organic something. Yeah. You know what I mean? To beat that joint. But, yeah, shout out yeah. to all dispensaries, man. I love dispensaries. Yeah. I feel like from my take on this, like, it is, like, a little bit of a devil's advocate and all that. But, like, I think the people who were, like, jailed for, like, weed back then and all that or, like, who even, like, did some time for weed, whether, like, you're selling or you're just, like, using and all that, mm. you know, they still have that record, like, no matter what, you know, it's still going to be, like, binding law, like, from within that time period. Like, I don't think anything can change, like, even, like, after that. And, but I feel like they should be reimbursed in some way or receive, like, you know, rep uh, reparations and all that for, like, even just the situation, too. Because if they were doing something that, you know, is, like, legal right now and that, you know, you own a store and, like, someone who's, like, not from that, from that environment, you know, is kind of profiting off, you know, I do feel like, you know, reparations should be there for the people incarcerated for weed and all that, you know. But do you know, like, basically, if you're selling anything... Sorry. If you're selling anything and the government can't get a piece of the pie and you're successful while you're selling it, they don't want that to happen. They call it illegal. Yeah. Right? So now that dispensaries are going in, and I know a lot of dispensary owners, and I talk to them, and they're well off. There's not no hood dude yeah. running a dispensary. Yeah. Right? They cross the T's, dot the I's. Sign all those paperwork, yeah. licensed. They can sell whatever. The distribution is just in. It doesn't. They don't have to order nothing. It just comes in. Yeah. So that's the new way of selling drugs. They're the kingpins. Yeah. So it's it's sad because we'll never get reparation from it. Yeah. And like that same guy that like you know comes home from jail for like a weed charge and all that. It's gonna like stick unless they put like some money on that to like expunge it and then yeah. you know they have to process like they have to kind of like navigate for this environment right now where. They have a record and all that for something that's like now legal, like in 2018 till now and all that. So, you know, you just kind of put it in perspective and all that. So, mm -hmm. those are one of those things we have to take the L. Like, I've been incarcerated for distributing marijuana also. And um, now that you see it's legal, I'm just past it. Oh, true. It's like it's a new leaf. Let's keep it going. Oh, true. I understand too. You know, I actually wanted to ask this too. Like, I know you said like the whole like idea of having a team is like important for being a successful like uh, for being a successful like entrepreneur and all that. But what are like some other qualities that you could like definitely say that can make a successful like entrepreneur and all that? Patience, patience, and being stuck on what you stand on. You know, consistency. That's my new thing because I was never. If you look at my track record of music, I was never consistent. I would go hem for a year, and then I'll fall back for like a year and a half, two years. Then I'll go get busy again. Then I'll fall back again. Because remember, as we were talking about, like, yeah. life. I had to deal with life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to go take care of kids. I had to be a father. I had to yeah. be a son. I had to get some money from the block. You know what I mean? I had to do those things. And then now I'm in a different space. I'm older. I'm more wiser. I know exactly what to do. I know all the relationships that I have is like... It's stink. It's stuck. You know what I mean? So, like, coming back out now, it's the, the word that I'm going off of, I'm not going off of competition. I'm not going off of longevity. Well, obviously, longevity. I'm not going off of none of that. I'm just focused on consistency. Oh, true. 100% too. And, you know, even from the start of your brand and all that, like, working on your first projects until now, do you feel you've grown as an entrepreneur and that oh. you've came, like, a long way in that sense? 1,000%. 1,000%. Everything... You'll see. When I start dropping, and I'll be back again to, when I when I drop the the redemption because there's a lot to talk about with that project. That project is real serious, and um, the videos are gonna be different. the The rollout's gonna be different. Everything's gonna be different. But before then, it was just I was just shooting. I was shooting. My manager had me on. I was to do a show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday every week for like a good 
seven, five, seven years. Oh, true. Tours with this artist, tour with that artist, do this, do that. And I was doing this without getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then I, I switched it up and I started the same venues, like Poor Alex and things like that. These venues, I will get to, I, I hosted there and performed there so much where I knew the owners. So instead of my manager getting all that money, I started doing my own shows. And then bringing my cousin like Jay Jones and Trinity Chris and your boy got beats and um, Link Sadie Buns and this couple other like Jelly Two Fly used to come roll with me. Um, Looney Blue used to come rock rock with me. Um, tons of artists, right? Yeah. And I used to just do my own shows and make it more clubbish. You know what I mean? So when I started doing that, it started like you you start seeing like, oh, I could do that. So when when people are doing it now, I'm like, okay, I did that already. Not true. And, I did it already. Let's do something else. And I guess like the big names were like, you know, actually like from the streets and all that, like a 50 Cent and all that, mm-hmm. or like a Lloyd Banks or Ghostface and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, uh, for Go- I opened up for Ghostface once. I opened up. That was a funny story behind that one, but <laughs> we'll get to that another time. Ghostface, Sheik Luch, uh, Jeezy, Rick Ross, Migos, um, Soldier Boy, Freeway. Uh, cannabis. I think Kirko Banks as well too. And like, yeah, I know like uh, Jeremiah, like Fabulous, they've came through. Um, Amarion too, like a whole yeah. lot of other people too. I remembered um, there was like a lot of like promoters that were promoting like you know like Troy Ave coming to Toronto or MGK or Tyga and all that. And this yeah. is before like the mainstream ones like even like had like those people like on and all that. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing. Like I knew a lot of promoters. I knew a lot of my manager used to be a promoter. So I knew a lot of promoters. So every time I see those shows starts popping up, I just get up in there. A lot of people used to pay to get on those shows. I never paid to get on the show. Oh, but I also never got paid to do a show. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, it's up and up with that. But, um, yeah, I did over 500 shows. So, like, when you have that as on your on your belt, then you, you're about to work on your eighth project and your third clothing line. And it's like you did things behind the scenes where rappers are like, or, or, or other entrepreneurs are looking at me like, oh, he's not doing nothing. Then behind the scenes, you see, oh, Taylor's here. Uh, of course. I, I'm always working, even when I'm not working. Uh, even true. when you think I'm not working, I'm working. Uh, true. Right? So now, it's a, now, I mean, everything's familiar. No, everything is about familiar. The, the clothing line is about to be lit. Um, the movies are about to be lit. My podcast is about to be fire. You guys, y'all got to come and rock with me too. <laughs> um, uh, the music's about to be crazier. I'm just crossing my T's, dotting my I's, making sure everything is this magnifito. You know what I mean? So, And then my team is like right behind me. You know what I mean? Instead of dropping one record because I have a project, I made sure that I have two, three, four other projects ready to go after this one. As I'm saying, consistency. Nah, I understand you know too. I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, man. And, you know, as you said, you were, like, actually, like, doing, like, shooting and all that, like, with videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, to even, like, speak more on the idea of shooting, you've had, like, a concert promoter and, like, showcase agent, like, Freddie Fame, like, direct your video for, like, Throw Your Hands. And then yeah. my guy, El Vibe, who also, like, does, like, rapping and all that. And, like, Shout he did, like... Freddie and El Vibe. So how was it, like, having them, like, direct, like, your videos and... You know, especially since they've been like important figures like in Toronto rap I've been and all that. I know Freddie from when he used to manage uh, Tory, and um, Freddie put me on a lot of shows, like a lot of shows. I've even made money with Freddie, like you know what I mean. So Freddie was always a good friend. We always we bump heads here and here a couple of times, but he's always a good dude to me. You know what I mean. So so when I remember when I started dropping the red, uh, no, the blur part two. And I needed, um, I was looking for directors. I had no directors. So I know Freddie did videos, but he was just on this green screen thing at that moment. So I said, I don't have a green screen video. Let me, let me go do that. So me and Bones went up, we got fly. Told Freddie yes to go do it. Freddie, me and him made that, made that. I was happy with that work too. I love that. Um, but um, Ill Vibes, Ill Vibes directed basically 90% of my videos. You know what I mean? And me and him did a movie together. Oh, Red Market, right? Yeah. Um, which is out now on YouTube. Go click the link on my bio on Instagram. You can watch it. 13, 14 minutes. But um, I I thought about that, and I went to went to him. He's like, I never did a movie before. I'm like, neither did I. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So he's figured this out. Yeah. So he did that, that masterpiece, and that was dope. Shout out to Freddie and Elvab. Elvab is doing big things. Him and his wife are doing it real big. And I'm proud of them. And I'm proud of Freddie too, because Freddie not he's never gonna stop. Yeah, like I know he's doing the whole like showcase thing and all that. Like yeah. he's getting people like all over. Like I remember I think there was like this one video like recently, and you know, I think a couple guys like tried to jump him or something like that too. And like I think that was like kind of like crazy uh too back then. Um but like he was like very open about it, like on an IG post and all that. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I understand like what people are going through with like mental health, schizophrenia and all that. And yeah. You know, he did give, like, a very good viewpoint on that. You know, you have to kind of, like, live on to, like, another day and all that, you know? See, Freddie's humble. (laughs) Freddie's a very humble dude. And he Freddie put a lot of people on. People need to salute Freddie. You know what I mean? And he's still doing this, like, almost 20 years. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? He's still killing them. And I like his new format now where he takes a, a Toronto artist that has a little buzz and brings them to Montreal. Yeah. Brings them to another another Like Vancouver uh, and all that. Yeah, Yeah. To get them... They buzz over there. I loved what he's doing. And I heard now he's like, he's paying, he starts like making it beneficial for the artists. Yeah. No. So he's treating them like an up and coming artist as an established artist. So I like yeah, what he's doing. Exactly, man. You know what I mean? Shout out to Freddie. Yeah. Shout out to Ilvar. Oh, for sure, man. And, you know, speaking more on like family and everything like that too, because, you know, Be Familiar on, you know, it focuses on the family and all that too. How do you even like value like the importance of family like within your music, um, within your business and your music, and how was it like having like your firstborn daughter like you know make music and like taking taking it seriously? Um, be that for millions stands for boss family making money, right? Life in life without family and millions. That's always been a quote for us. Um, it's easy because my first artist was always my family members, as he's talking about with Blitz. Yeah. That's my brother. Sadie Bonds, those are my sisters. Jacinia used to be my artist. She's my cousin. My daughter, she knows how to sing. Obviously, I'm not going to make my daughter go with another label. We can shop her later if she's really established, you know what I'm saying? We can get that popping. But everybody in the team is actual family, right? Even down with Stayfly, that's my godbrother. Oh, true, true. So, like, everybody was that I work with is family. So we, we may, or at least damn near family. You know what I mean? Been like Lynx. I know Lynx since he was 16 years old. Lynx is a grown ass man with kids now. Yeah. You know what I mean? His daughter is my goddaughter. Oh, true. You know what I mean? I was chilling with him yesterday. Oh, true. You know what I mean? So it's like we we have this bond. We don't call each other friends. So it's always family oriented, and the family is real big to me because what is life without your family? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. After you, you put God first, put your family second, everything else should be the bag. All right. You know what I mean? That's it. 100% too. And I know you have a project that's coming out soon, uh, Redemption. Uh, So to kind of speak more on the creative process and inspiration, you know, what can fans expect like in terms of like that whole process? And do you know when they'll receive a date on that? I'm not going to put no dates on it. I suck at dates. I probably wake up tomorrow and be like, yeah, I'm dropping a single. But but I'm always different like that. But um, the Redemption, this project means a lot to me. I, I made this project since the beginning of the pandemic and I just recorded the last record probably like last year or sometime. So I started working on another project after that. And then that project's done. So I, me and Link started working on another project. But Redemption is going to be different because it's an EP. It's eight records of type of music you can ride in your car to, clean your house to, sit down, vibe, smoke a blunt to, have a drink to. It's a lot of emotions and that project is basically, I'm being more vulnerable on this project. Yeah. I mean, there's a record called Wake Me Up with me and Lynx. I'm going to shop it to the radio, make Ritz go put that proper rotation for me. Um, that song is, ladies are going to love that song, right? Then I got another record called Trauma, which is going to be, um, like, it's going to be like my introduction to... Trauma is basically a song about mental illness, and I suffer from mental illness, right? So, and I, I like, even being, as I said, being vulnerable is now my superpower. Speaking my truth, being me, unapolo- unapologetically being me. You know what I mean? So that record is going to start moving a different way. It's going to put me in different, different doors. Because me being an ambassador for mental illness and helping other children 
and helping a mental illness, helping the the, um, the disabled and the homeless with this with that project is gonna be the the spark. Understand? Yeah, you know no, what I mean, I definitely know what you mean, man. And I mean, like with dealing with it and all that. Like I know like, many people like they deal with it with music, they deal with it with like meditation or smoking or like just going out and all that. For you, um, how is that process like? Is it like just mainly for the music or through like the weed and all that, or like what's like that process and dealing with it? I work out now. Well, I do therapy two times a week. Therapy is dope. I think everybody, if you're going through something, if you need someone to talk to, if times get hard, find a therapist. And there's a lot of free therapists right now. And, you know, I just started a, a, a nonprofit organization called Family Foundations, right? So we're just going to specialize in mental illness, um, uh, disabilities, and homelessness. So with that, with that whole foundation, I'm going to be able to give people a toll-free number for th free therapy, unlimited free therapy, right? So if you need someone to talk to, I love my therapist. This is like my third therapist now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love my, I love therapy. I can't wait. Like, I love it. Absolutely. And it's good for your soul. I work out now. I eat well. I'm only in good, I want you to stay around good people, good energy. And I start working like a workaholic that I am. And it keeps my mind off of a lot of other things. And I stay away from triggers. You know what I mean? Anything that would trigger me, I stay away from it. Conversations, music, a movie probably triggered me. I won't watch it. You got to know, you know what I mean? So that's going to be dope. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to go and give back and help out people that basically were like me and had no direction when you have all these emotions and feelings feeling inside. Yeah. So that's going to be dope. 100% too and you know we just have like some of these questions uh, left uh, too for a bit but what would be like some great advice that you would give to any aspiring entrepreneurs or like people who want to get into like music and all that find your niche and kill it don't let no one tell you nothing don't let don't let your age don't let time don't let oh everyone's rapping like this now I gotta rap like that nah be different be you that's what music is like the, I came from an era where I come from a place, not even an era. I come from a place where you have to be original. You have to be original. Do you want to sound like somebody else? Do you want to do what everybody else is doing? Yeah. If you're doing a clothing line, oh, so you're going to get a jogging suit now and put your logo on? Everyone's doing that. Yeah. Stand out. Find your ways. Everybody that I like nowadays is new. It, like the new artists and the, the new clothing designers and the new fashion started doing their own thing, like Joyner. No one sounds like Joyner. No one does what Joyner yeah. does. Simba, no one could rap like Simba. Yeah. Witty and clever like that. You know what I mean? Cordae, no one has that list tongue. You know when it's Cordae's com <laughs> coming yeah. on the record. I'm just into, and even like on the entrepreneur side too, like I like follow like unique brands that are like kind of like different from the West, uh, rest and all that. Yeah. Uh, this uh, guy named uh, Blasi who actually uh, was in a platform called like No Jumper. He owns like a company called like Nothing Personal. Mm. And you know, it's like a collective of styles like that he's like very like interested to. So he makes like, you know, like weed trays and all that, uh, like roll your papers and all that. He does like, you, you know, like unique mugs and all that and like certain like brands and you know, he would kind of offshoot it from, like, actual, like, businesses and all that. So I actually just bought a mug uh, just a couple of days back. And, you know, it had, like, the similar, like, style to, like, 7-Eleven. But with his own, like, twist uh, to it and all that, you know, for, like, this, like, double cup, like, coffee mug and all that. And then he had, like, that similar tray as well uh, with that. And then I remembered he created, like, the shirt one day that had like every like credit card like company and all that too and all that's that. fire that's yeah. fire and like i know he did like some stuff with like sauce Walker and like lil wayne and all that and juice world and mm. you know that's something that you have to like kind of like look into and all that too and you know that's where like it kind of deviates from like the rest and all that because others just play it safe and do their own thing but like others like they kind of take the step notch and kind of out the box yeah yeah and that's what it is now because um when we had this is 416 which is the first clothing line it it's we did our thing, right? And it was a good stepping stool, but um, it, it came and it went. Then stay fly when we started doing the patches and the the embroidery and this and that, and it was a it wasn't just only hoodies and jogging suits and t shirts and sweaters. There was a whole thing that we had planned, you know what I mean? So now, 
I have Familiar University, which is my clothing line. And that right there, we're going to step into leather. We're going to step into uh, sportswear, streetwear, business suits. We're going to step into different fab fabrics like linen. You know what I mean? We're going to bring velour back. You know what I mean? The, the embroideries are always going to be crazy. Every The stitching is going to be, you know what I mean? And everything is going to be in-house. Like my daughter is one of the, the designers from my thing, from my clothing line. My team is gonna get together because I have a lot of fashionistas in my family. You know, what I mean, we all like to get fly and fresh. So we're all gonna put our own niches on it and keep them moving. Percent too, man. And you know, just like with other stuff going on all right now, you don't have like any other regrets in life, or do you feel like you might have like some regrets and all that, just like with the past and stuff like that? Um, I should have. The only regret I have, uh, it's not even a re really regret. I don't regret it. I would just say that I spent, back then I spent a little bit more time in the streets than I did on my craft. So now it's reverse. Now I spend a lot of time on my craft. And then when I'm not spending time on my craft, I'm in the crib. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the crib. <laughs> yeah. And do you have any uh, closing remarks like to say? And do you know where they can like, follow you like on social media and all that? Um... Yeah, Redemption will be out um, as soon as possible. I'm not going to gain no dates. I'm not going to gain no dates. But, um, yeah, it, my my message to everybody, if you want to do something, do it. Don't let nobody tell you nothing. Keep it moving. Find an idea and bring it to life. And if that one doesn't work, do it again. And if that doesn't work, do it again. And don't stop until you get what you want. And um, another thing... Uh, you know, shout out to everybody that's staying strong while doing going through mental illness and, you know, going through tough times in life. No matter what you're going through, just know, pray, and keep moving. You know what I mean? All right, man. Ow. <laughs> Number 72, man, and tell, you know, thank you for coming by and all oh, that. I'll be it's back. A, I'll be back. <laughs> you know, it's a pleasure, like, you know, sharing your story and, like, sharing your gems on life and all that. Yeah. And, you know, we'll definitely have you uh, back on soon and all that. And, you know, this is Josh, also known as Yashu. This is, like, episode 56 and all that. You can get it on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Buzzsprout. You know, we're almost at 60 right now, and we'll definitely keep it going and all that, Run too. Run the you know? numbers up. Yeah, man. gotta subscribe, do whatever he's telling you to do. Do it. <laughs> exactly, man. Josh, also known as Yashu, TY Talk, signing off with Tao Picasso. Arrow.